0: Hi, guys. This is Satonis of Akato Daimon, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. Mighty Father, thy name is fire. Me
1: to fall. All right, everyone. I'm going to welcome you all back to a new edition of Interview Under Fire. As always, this is your host, Sonny, back here once again. And today, I have the honor of speaking with a talented music mastermind known as Martin Wiggler, commonly known as Satonis. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. For joining our IUF series today. Now, Sethonus, you know, this is definitely an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at the mighty Agatha Damon with the long-awaited release of your latest studio album, The Seven, which is set to drop this Friday, uh, March 18th via Napalm Records. I want to start things off by, you know, commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far, especially with those singles, Ain't Death Grand. Wolf Within and the newest one that just dropped, uh, Kyrie or Kiri Gloria. Uh, so much to unravel about this vicious record and who you're all about. But before we get to all that, you know, Martin, we'll kick things off
0: with a simple question: How are you? <laughs> Quite fine, and uh, at the same time, I'm still a bit nervous about the release, the upcoming one. I mean, we did receive a lot of positive feedback so far, and I'm really happy about yes, it. Yes, you did. And- <laughs> it's just been such a long time, and uh, yeah, you, you never know after these years whether there's still someone remembering or even interested in listening to, uh, yeah, I got the diamond. So uh, I'm really happy that we did receive such a good uh, yeah response so far.
1: And yes, you did. And I, I do want to give a shout out to my, usually my, my co-host today was going to be Corey, who is my partner here on IUF. He introduced me to Agatha Damon uh, years ago. And this is where are at on the time when there was that gap in between, you know, when you guys split. And mm. he was telling me, man, this was, this would be the band I would love to get on a publication. And unfortunately he can't join us, but the fact that you're joining our publication today means a lot to us. So again, <laughs> okay. thank you for uh, doing the work you've done throughout your career, Martin. It means a lot. And I want to piggyback off of that because for fans and listeners who don't already know, I know this is the last thing we want to do nowadays, which is going back to the dreaded year of 2020. But I want to go back to specifically February of 2020, Martin, because that was a significant time for you because it entailed the reformation of Agatha Damon after a decade long hiatus. If you could just briefly talk about that defining moment when you knew this band was coming back to the surface, because yeah, the pandemic started right after that. I mean, a lot has happened between 2014 and 2019. How did
0: you know, like, this is where you wanted to go? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe just speaking about that specific point in time. I mean, we, I think we, we, yeah, somehow reformed in 2018 already. I mean, that was the time when uh, our vocalist Astrael and I, we were the remaining members of the previous lineup, so to say. We decided, okay, now, now, it's uh, looking good. Again, we can invest our energy into the band and, and uh, allocate sufficient time slots for rehearsals and uh, going into all the details needed. And we were looking out for new musicians and then having rehearsals, auditions, doing songwriting and thinking about what are we gonna do next, et cetera. So all in all this time, it was like from 2018 to 2020 in February, that took us just to be safe and sure, saying that we are now ready to announce the return. We had lots of rehearsals. We did songwriting. We did record a demo that we sent out to record labels. We arranged a record deal with Napalm Records. We arranged the first uh, release shows, so to say, the the reunion gigs on, on festivals and so on. Then all of a sudden, a few days later, this pandemic situation occurred. and It was so frustrating. Um, after all this time. And uh, at the same time, I mean, we, we just reached the stage where we said, okay, now we're active again. Things are looking glorious, nice future popping. But there, then all this uh, COVID situation, that was just, it felt really weird, I would say. Yeah,
1: you don't really plan for You know, a pandemic is not something we 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 get prepared for, right? I mean, this is something that happened over a century ago. I mean, what was the first thought in your mind Martin when you when you just saw the shutdowns and did it kind (laughs) of just I I can't imagine how overwhelming it was like man we worked so hard to get back and here we are and now this happens like at at any point did you feel I know you said you were concerned about this entire release like leading up to it but it's like at any point did you feel like kind of stuck or you're just like you know what I'm just gonna we're just gonna still gonna do this regardless of what happens in this world
0: I mean the the thing was at the moment when that came up for the first time saying like oh there's this this virus and we need to uh, remain distance and and meet etc it all felt like yeah maybe in two weeks that's over or maybe one month and then uh, it's fine uh, we go back to normal that is how we called it but then it took months and months and now i mean we're still looking at festivals now that aren't Uh, really confirmed yet and Hmm. might be delayed into the third year in succession so it's really nothing that we would have expected that would stay for such a long time and who knows maybe the next virus variant pops up all of a sudden and then things get even worse again i mean here in germany the the clubs etc they are not reopened uh somehow in, in full shape so it's really hard to just look into your crystal ball and and just know what will happen next month or even next year. Nobody knows somehow. And uh, therefore, yeah, it's, it's been a a wild ride behind the scenes, so to say.
1: Yeah. And uh, you couldn't have said that any better. And speaking of looking in the crystal ball, let's look into it even further to something that we actually know, which is the seven, right? Let's get to that seventh album drops just this Friday on uh, Napalm Records, March 18th. Talk about opening the gates of darkness back up. I mean, because I want to repeat the words here, Martin, you know, seventh album before we get into the core of this album, because this is technically it's following, following up to 2013's in darkness, which was just another solid effort through and through. I mean, knowing the well reception, I know what the, the band has had a long history, right? Knowing the well reception of albums like in darkness or higher art of rebellion chapter three, even, a ten-year gap is a long gap, Martin. That's not an easy thing to do. Was there any such thing as pressure for you when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album, or even just a follow-up, considering how this can possibly be seen as a comeback album? You know, I don't know if you see it as like that, but a lot of the fans are saying they're back, they're back, they're back. You know, and uh, I know you say you were concerned about the re- release, but was there any pressure? Did you feel anything like that, or did you? already know what this was going to sound like.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe I'm, I'm a bit split when it comes to that, because on one end, mm. of course, I don't want to apply pressure on myself. I always try to relax and think like, hey, we're doing what we want to do and in a way that, that it pleases us and we don't want to think about what might the outside world then think about what we're doing, because, I mean, we're, we're really happy with the the result and uh, if we say like okay this song is done it sounds great then that is our true and honest opinion but still um, there is this this sort of pressure because at one point in time you release the album and um, the old fans and and people out there that are into this kind of music they will listen to it and they will for sure have their own opinion about the the quality and uh, yeah whether they like it or not. And of course I, I can try to think abstract, like, yeah, just don't think about it. But of course you will think about it and there is pressure actually. But when when the critics come in and the reviews and I do read the reviews uh, quite often and very often sure. I, I can yeah you know, just share that opinion. And sometimes I just wonder if we listen to the same album or not. But um, yeah, there, there is always this feeling inside of you where you say okay i don't want to be affected by outside opinions but in a way it's always somehow there but i just try to have a certain border there where i say okay this shouldn't affect me when people have criticism that i don't uh, yeah see see on my end i mean there's always this fine line between being just um fair and objective when it comes to a certain style of music or of course there are people that just talking shit and, and don't have any yeah objective opinion about it just for i mean music is always a matter of taste of course but Very true. um yeah it's yeah. A, a difficult topic yeah.
1: and i feel like people talking shit that's i can i think that just comes with the territory right They're they're always going to be out there and i feel like if you didn't have pressure martin i feel like at least for me having pressure it means you have a dedication to your craft right and I want to quote you here. You went on to say that it is our most ambitious album to date. You took your time with this from songs like La Hain, which is probably one of my favorite openers you guys have ever done um, to Wolf Within to In My Dreams 1 and 2 to The Divine. I mean, this had everything for not only an Agatha Damon fan, but for any heavy metal, black metal fan out there, if there's such a thing as a comeback, (laughs) Martin, I feel like this is how you do it. And I can't wait to hear these songs live because you guys have blended in these sounds of uh gothic and symphonic and black metal alongside these melodies and aggression these grooves even paying homage to your earlier material i felt like this was also a refreshing take of everything that Agatha Demon is i also felt as if this record was you know pushed not only you but even your band members to be a better
0: version of yourselves musically would you agree to that yes and Thanks so much for your detailed opinion and and some more even review uh, in that. But um, yes, and I I think I need to mention that we're really happy, Ashweil and uh, myself, about the new band members. I mean, after the split in 2014, um, yeah. And and then the reunion, we weren't um, able to get back all the band members from the previous lineup. So we have new musicians in there. And it's always quite tough to actually find people that are somehow sharing the same—I um, wouldn't say love for music, but the same feeling when it comes to to music riffs, melodies, and and such, and the the songwriting approach, and just getting the chemistry right again in order to somehow preserve um, the the set of values and the mood that that we try to set with earlier albums, and also continue. What we did earlier even with new members and we're really happy that we're actually having this lineup now and that is also one of the reasons why it took us like two years before announcing that we would uh, be back again so um that isn't something you never can take for granted in a way because when we started reforming the band of course i had my doubts maybe we, we don't find people that fit to to us. Uh, it wouldn't make sense just to look at it from a business perspective saying, okay, we have a skillful guitar player. Here's uh, uh, the the, uh, the song, here are tabs. just learn it and play exactly as I want it to be. And, and here's your uh, paycheck, so to say. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to- That happens. <laughs> stick together, right? I mean, not sure if I can say luckily, but I mean, of course we're not at such a stage where we actually earn big bucks or something, it's mostly the, the passion for music that counts, and uh, that we share common, um, yeah, uh, goals. Common, yeah, co- common interests, common passion. Yeah, common you know, interest. within... yeah, so we get along very, very well, and uh, yeah, it feels great. I mean, when we wrote the first song together, I was really reminded of the, the early days when we uh, began songwriting in 1995, and so on. It was really just felt like reigniting the spark that just yeah yeah you, and, you, and, I, and I
1: think you're talking about ain't Death grand right, which was the first song exactly. you guys wrote together, which was happened to be the first single, I think that was great, um talking about i again, you know uh it ties into what I said earlier because paying homage to your earlier albums and I feel like the sound itself was also a, actually, no, I don't, I don't think, I I know that the sound itself was a big part of this record that I really loved. Like Martin, I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound the way I want it to sound, but it was with a modern twist of everything that you guys are like today, like taking things from the past, taking things from the future, present, really, you know, and then blending it together. And I want to give a shout out to you, uh, Christian Bonifer, and he was the producer He's a longtime friend of yours. He's known as Cole. I think that's his nickname. Yep, <laughs> exactly. and, uh, and he's known for his work with Aborted and Powerwolf and Hamatom, amongst others. Talk about him for a minute here, because I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Martin, knowing that you had someone like Christian working on this record with you, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking, like, should I consider him being like the, the sixth member I hear that band. so many times. <laughs> that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's. I mean, there were times in the past where he was also uh, living his role as producer to a bigger extent, like giving suggestions, like maybe we should take this part here and move it there, and maybe cut this, etc. But um, starting with In Darkness, I think, and also on uh, the new album, it was more like, yeah, someone who's just setting the mood and uh, making sure that there are no obstacles in our way when we record those songs and of course he has a lot of input when it comes to defining the songs we are always have some sort of um yeah uh talk in advance giving some examples what we think how it should sound and and what our aim is like to to make the songs get them into a proper mood and and mm-hmm. For me, it's always quite important not to think about one particular song, but how they blend in together with the rest of the album. So it's like a nice package um, the, the album feeling has to be there, not just like the nowadays Spotify where you hit shuffle and repeat and, and skip on whatever. It's just to me, it's important that the album as a whole makes sense. So also we need to adapt the production here and there from from track to track have some tiny um changes and therefore i mean we we do trust kohler a lot and of course we know him and we can be honest so there's no business talk in a way that you think about how do we express this i should stay polite or whatever we can be brutally honest in a way and if he thinks something is shit he would tell us etc so um Going to the Kohler Keller studio always feels a bit like uh, coming home in a way because, as you mentioned, we've been there since more than 20 years and uh, seen how it changed over the years. And of course, also, he developed a lot um, in his skills and the size of the studio. There are new uh, people there, new staff that he has, etc. So, um, yeah, it I mean, so far, we didn't think about even going to a different studio because it just feels like we're having a good working relationship here. And it's also a very friendly relationship, of course, as well. So um, yeah. yeah, we're happy. And, and
1: I'm happy too. I'm sure the uh, fans, I can't wait to hear it. I I heard the whole album Martin front to back. I mean, I can't wait for the fans to hear it once it drops, you know, shout out to Christian for helping you guys create the sound that you want, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like we just talked about, You know, keep all this in mind as I'm asking this, because for people who don't know, I believe Akathodemon means benevolent demon in Greek. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, if you would just try to translate it, that is correct.
1: Yes. And I want to tie it into this because the lyricism throughout this album, this is something that I wanted to get into. The bulk of that centers around the number seven and the seven deadly sins. Uh, which is sloth greed lust gluttony pride wrath and envy for people keeping square at home right and uh, these 10 tracks total all addressed with you know these religious topics that contrast with human beings and its original nature nature you know times are crazy right now martin you know and i feel like this is the soundtrack of the times even the way i'm looking at it i begin to think about the tangibles of a theme to your music like how important are themes to you? Is that always a big component to songwriting for a band like Agatha Damon?
0: Yes. For me personally, I think it's it's very important to also have a focus on the lyric part because, um, I mean, there, there are bands out there clearly where the music is most important and the lyrics are just some, yeah, side effects, maybe a separate instrument. But I think, I mean, I personally, when I started as a fan in my teenage years, Listening to bands. The lyrics were also quite important to me. I was uh, sitting there with my lyric sheet or the booklets and uh, reading the lyrics. And their bands really have awesome lyrics and they add a uh, certain depth and a uh, certain feeling and enhance the, the just the musical vibes, the emotions, etc. It's, it's really important to just have both the lyrics and the music. I mean, also there's a certain counter um effect i think one might influence the other mm-hmm. and uh, as mentioned also it, it really can um yeah enhance the the overall uh feeling and the, the atmosphere of a song so i do try and uh, just put quite some attention to the lyrical side that was also in the beginning when we still had our original vocalist flood. Um, he was heavily inspired by uh, those Romanian poets. He's from Romania, so wow. um, lyricists like like Eminescu, Bacovia, Minulescu, etc., um, who are really like heavy, like some sort of Romanian Shakespeare <laughs> somehow, and uh, really deep lyrics, heavy with emotions and so on. And I always love these songs where there's some sort of not sure how to express some epic feel to it in a way where it's it's really just yeah like a like a cinematic tone almost
1: yeah yeah maybe maybe okay here's why here's why i asked that question i love that because i went to film school so i I have a knack for you know uh, capturing these atmospheres you know i love director photography like lighting and getting the right shot and and when i heard these songs it took me like to a certain you know you get what i'm saying like it, it 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 created a certain illustration for me in my head with each song, you know, and I love that, that we're able to do, especially with the riffs. Holy shit. Um, Probably some of the best riffs that you guys have ever written. You have ever written throughout your career, Martin. So well done. Uh, I know we got five minutes left, man, but you know, we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome interview. Thank you for sharing so much about who you are and and what act is all about, you know, from the different, you know, experiences and, perspectives and your timeline you have taken in which we have discussed about you know performing for as long as you have you know the band got its inception back in, in 1995 you know and you know everything that you have taken in and the people you have met and worked with during these records here we are martin you know with your seventh album and on the rebirth of technically a fan favorite with a band like yours And shout out to Corey again, you know, because he introduced me to you guys and I'm glad he did. I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. You know, this is definitely something that you have a passion for. And the truth is, is from what I'm seeing, you've experienced plenty already in career, Martin, and then some. Have your aspirations as an artist or, or hell, as a human being even, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today?
0: Yes, surely. I mean, w- when we started out, I mean, uh, w- or let's even start a bit earlier than that. When I came into the metal scene somehow and, and discovered the first bands, and back then, in the early '90s, there, there was no internet and things, so you were going towards tape trading, sending <laughs> and exchanging audio tapes to. I remember those days. Million, yeah, guys, and then getting some weird, exotic fan scenes via via mail, etc., just to discover new bands. Um, and uh, there was a lot of passion involved, like discovering new things, etc. Seeing my first band live—that was uh, Overkill um, in 1990, and uh, that was such a revelation. I was just standing there in the audience and thought, like, "Wow, man! So I- awesome. I've
1: gotten—I've gotten to interview Bobby Blitz twice. He's one of the coolest guys ever. So, shout out to Bobby
0: from Overkill. That's awesome." Yes. And uh, I mean, back then, that was my fave band. And, and then this death metal uh, movement came with Morbid Angel and so on, where I was heavily into. And that also just motivated to to go deeper into tape trading and started working for fanzines. There was a Morbid Angel uh, fanzine magazine only dealing with Morbid Angel called Morbidomaniac. Um, I was working with that and the editor uh, Volker Naumann and uh, from there, I took my first steps in the magazine and the music magazine world, so to say. I'm still working as an editor and photographer on, on freelance space for German Metal Hammer, for example, nowadays. And uh, of awesome. course, then also the dream was to to have your own band at one point, maybe make people feel the same than, than you did back then when you were seeing your first band. And and yeah, I mean, you had a lot of dreams and then first time you stay on stage, first time you have your, your first demo tape in your hands or the first CD released by a record label that feels like, wow, now we are a band with a, an album out and things like that. So there was a lot of um, um, milestones, so to say, and experiences that you went through. At one point in time, of course, you realize all these artists that are so superhero-like on stage, they're all just human beings. <laughs> they have their flaws. And of course they have their uh, strengths, et cetera but in a way, it becomes, I wouldn't say normal. There's still the same um, excitement going on stage and playing live and getting yeah. feedback from the audience. But of course, things change a bit and re- there, there are some uh, things falling into, into uh, just relation. And um, yeah, um, I think there's still a lot of passion driving us, but nowadays I focus a bit more. Like on. Uh, back then I was really digging into all aspects, trying to organize concerts, trying to have a uh, some sort of mail order running, et cetera. And now it's just one band I want to focus my energy into and some, uh, uh, yeah, uh, reviews and interviews with other bands, but only a bit, but Agato Diamond is my main focus nowadays for my passion, so to say, music-wise. And uh, yeah, that's it.
1: And the result couldn't be any more, I mean... Uh- more well-received and, and, and the result is the seven and I can't wait for it to drop. Well, Martin, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to let you go and uh, let you go here to, to, uh, to your next one. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. Everyone who's listening. This is Martin Wickler, also known as Seth Donis, from Agatha Damon. Do us a favor, pick up the seven this Friday drops March 18th on Napalm records. It is a album of the year contender uh, and check us out on InterviewUnderFire.com. Martin, I'll let you go here. Thanks again. Uh, you have a so much, great week, have a great release, and hopefully I'll see you guys here in the States here in Dallas, Texas soon. All right. Stay that well, man. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, man. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Mighty father. Thy name
0: is fire. Leave me to fall.